Welcome to Missionary Talks, where we talk with missionaries and learn about their lives and work. Today I'm talking with missionary Jeff Bush. Jeff is a missionary in Argentina. Uh, Jeff, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? How did you get to Argentina? How, how long have you been here? Well, thanks, David. It's great to be here. Uh, my name is Jeff Bush, like you mentioned, and I'm a missionary here in Argentina. My wife and I, we arrived in 2004, January of 2004. We've been here ever since, and we have four daughters. We're very thankful. We're in the city of La Plata, which is the capital of the province of Buenos Aires. And the Lord allowed us to start two churches as of now, the Lighthouse Baptist Church and the Grace Baptist Church. And our goal is to start other churches, Lord's uh, allowing us to work in other areas. But that's our goal. That's what we're doing here. And that's a little bit about us for an introduction. How did God lead you from being a teenager to getting to the mission field? You you got married after after God had already called you to the mission field and you'd already done some preparation that direction based on what I know of your story, how how did God lead both of y'all together to actually make it to this point? Well, let me back up a little bit farther. In 1993, I was 15 years old. I was always taken to church by my parents most of my life. And in 1993, at the age of 15, I accepted the Lord as my Savior. One year after that, or a little bit less than one year, our church group, our church youth group, went on their first missions trip. It was in New Mexico uh, within the United States borders, and they went on that missions trip, and so I signed up to go as well. Now, I'd been saved for nine months or so, and I was reading my Bible, and uh, the Lord began to teach me a lot of different things. I was reading in the book of Proverbs especially, and actually, to be honest, I didn't know a whole lot about the Christian life. But I remember uh, when I did get ready to go on that trip, I raised the money, we got ready to go, and me and my buddies went. We were just going to have a good time, just having fun there at the camp. But when we were at camp, I remember specifically they were preaching, and after one of the services, we began to sing this song, I Have Decided to Follow Jesus, No Turning Back, No Turning Back. And I remember during that service, I began to think, you know, Lord, I got saved not too long ago, but I've really never decided to give you all of my life. And really decided to go forward for you and do anything that you wanted. And it was that night that uh, I went back to my room. The guys had a dormitory room, and I remember we went back there, and everybody went to went out to play basketball. And I stayed in the dorm room while everybody else left during the camp, and they went out to play sports. And I stayed there, and I opened my Bible, and I didn't know a whole lot about the Christian life, but I did know without a doubt the Lord was moving in my life, and the Lord was wanting to show me some stuff. So I opened my Bible to the book of Isaiah chapter number 40, and I remember I began to read in Isaiah chapter number 41. I began to read, and I read from verse number 9 to verse number 20. Why I read that passage, I, I can't remember exactly, but I remember specifically verse number 10, verse number 13, that he said he would hold us by his right hand and that he would lead us. And I remember it was almost like we were I was having a conversation with the Lord. So it was that night that I decided that I would give my life to be a missionary. From there, I went back to my home church. And at my home church, my pastor said, well, if you're going to be a missionary, you have to learn to preach. And so he gave me a couple of minutes uh, during some services, about scared me to death. And from there, I graduated from high uh, from high school, went on to college. And it was there in college where I met my, my wife. And uh, we met each other, and I thank the Lord for my wife. We graduated in three years. We were able to do some, some intern stuff. We were able to do some studies during the summer, the winter, and so anyway, I met wife there, and then we decided to, we got married three weeks after, two weeks after we got, we graduated, and we come on down here to Argentina. We did go through Peru. We were there almost two years. That's where we did some language studies, 
and uh, we were under my spiritual father, which is uh, Austin Gardner. We did some language studies there, and we also did some ministry preparation to come here to Argentina. I've not really asked a lot about language study of other missionaries. What is it that a missionary does whenever he goes through language school? I know your language studies was kind of specialized in that you were you were in a Christian ministry, and I know some missionaries, like myself, I went to a language school that was not a Christian language school. What is it a missionary does in language school, and uh, what is it that was maybe unique about your experience? Well, you know, I don't know all the language schools. Uh, I do know that there's quite a few, uh, of course, in uh, maybe in Puerto Rico, Costa Rica, Mexico, Texas, different places. The difference, I, I guess, or the thing that I thought was unique about our language school was that it was under a ministry that was already established by a missionary, and uh, I thank the Lord for that. And so our teacher was actually a Christian. He was actually a pastor. He was one of the pastors that were in the ministries there, and he was a pastor. And so he sat down with my wife and with myself, and he didn't understand any English, and we didn't understand any Spanish. And so that was very complicated, and I'll be very frank. Sometimes I'm not the most patient person, okay, a lot of times, and that really, really got on my nerves because I couldn't ask him when I had a question. And so that really made me bad, but that really forced me to learn to say something so that I could learn to ask him. And so I think that was a great uh, asset for us uh, in the learning the language. But at the same time, since we were already in a ministry setting as, as far as being in a church, he was a Christian, we were able to go and put that in practice, which I think everybody can do, uh, whether it's you know social or... Uh, whatever, they can go out and they can put it in practice. But we're also able to use different words to to use different things that we learned in the churches. And so uh, we use that in our language school was mainly for the purpose we chose Peru because we also wanted to learn the ministry. And so I knew that we can go, we could come here to Argentina and we can learn at a university. But also being in Peru, we can learn the, the ministry at the same time we're learning the language. So that was a great asset, and that actually was a, a big blessing to get us a, a large start on what we're doing today in the ministry. Do you see, as we talk about language study, do you see that there's some mistakes missionaries make in language learning? Is there something that you could encourage a, a young missionary just looking at going to language school or that's in language school now that you could encourage him with so that he doesn't make some other mistakes? Well, I guess I would say, uh, Brother Peach, I, I guess there would be two extremes. There would be the extreme on all I need is uh, is the power of the Lord to do the ministry, and if I've got the power of the Lord, He'll do the rest. And, and I do agree with that without a doubt, but we do have to remember that the Lord uses us as instruments. The other side of the extreme or the other side of the coin would be uh, all I have to do is learn the language because if I could talk well, then I can do the best ministry there's out there. But you got to remember that there's got to be a medium there somewhere because the the locals, uh, they obviously talk the language, but maybe they're not necessarily being pastors or missionaries or doing the work. So it's not just the language, although it's very strong, the language. I think a student or someone who's going to be a missionary, they must learn the language. You have to talk the language. But at the same time, we have to have the guidance of the Lord. So I guess it would be kind of in the middle, and I guess I would encourage very strongly that if somebody's going to be a missionary, that you definitely, it's not a waste of time to go through language study. 
In fact, a preparation and language study is two of the biggest steps as being a missionary because the rest of your ministry is going to depend on really the foundation that you put, which is language and ministry preparation. So I would say definitely someone needs to prepare, uh, learn the language, learn it well so that they can do the ministry. The rest of our life we're going to be doing the ministry, so we need to learn it well. You said you've started two churches here. How did you branch off to start the second church? What was kind of a, in a nutshell, what what are kind of some of the things you think about as you look at starting another church? Well, actually, this is something that's very relevant at for us, very something that's right here now because we are praying about starting two other churches this year, and one of them is actually getting ready to start now. So I guess I would say for us specifically, um, I would be considered maybe the pastor. There's two of us. I'm a pastor, and then somebody else is a pastor at the at the church, the first church we started, Lighthouse Baptist Church. But the other church, I pastored it at the same time. I pastored Lighthouse. Uh, but the guy who's actually the youth, pa- uh, the assistant pastor, and the evangelism director, they went with me to every meeting at the other church. And they helped me lead music. They helped me do the announcements. They even, they helped, they gave their testimonies. They did a lot of things. And actually that was a big preparation tool for them for what they're doing today in our church. And that was a big blessing. And then the guy who was my assistant pastor, uh, at the other church, who was a member at the other church, he's now the pastor of the church. And, uh, the Lord's really using him. He's actually one of the teachers in the Bible college now. And, uh, the Lord's really using him. He's a great friend, uh, co-laborer in the Lord, and I thank the Lord for him. So I guess you can't get the cart, uh, you know, the cart before the horse. The biggest thing on starting a church, I would say, is make sure you have a man. Because if you don't have the man, then anybody can find a, a place to rent. Anybody can find a group of people. But if you don't have the man who could pastor those people, it's really in vain. So the Lord, in fact, the Lord says the, the need is is great, the labors are few, and so the need is everywhere in all kinds of towns. We saw a great need in many towns, and we've even started, actually, Bible studies in many places, but the places where we started churches are are because that there's been men that are ready to take over those churches. Because of the Bible Institute you have in the church, you have some other fellows that, that seem to be very ready to to jump out into the ministry. Is there a desire to start other churches in, in the area? We have other guys that are now ready. Thank the Lord, just in December of 2009, we had our first graduation. And so that was our first group of, of guys who went through uh, the Bible College, the Bible Institute, and graduated. And now we're in a different stage with new guys and doing really well. But there are guys that are ready. And uh, I found out one thing. I've I've tried to open a lot of doors myself, to be honest, and I we've even started different things. And we've had to shut them down. It was because, obviously, uh, I thought maybe, uh, looking back now, I could say it. At the time, I couldn't, but maybe I thought I knew a little bit more than the Lord on His timing. But uh, now I realize, you know, if somebody's not ready, it's fine. Let's just wait until he's ready because I don't want to ruin anybody. I don't want to hurt anybody. I've had people that have studied God's Word, and then afterwards they go back to the world or they leave, and I feel a great responsibility that it's my fault because maybe I pushed him a little bit too fast. So other guys are ready now. In fact, one guy who's actually ready, he wants to start a Bible uh, a Bible study here in town, and I'm excited about that for him. We've both uh, agreed to pray, and uh, we're excited about it. I want to help him, but I don't want to push him. So when he's ready, the doors, I'm more than, 
uh, willing to help him, and we're going to do that. But we're not going to throw him out there. I've learned the hard way. We're going to help him. We're going to stand behind him. And uh, little by little, I think the Lord's going to open the door. And then as the Lord opens the doors, uh, the Lord's going to show him his guidance. So allow me to say a, a quick thing. I've written a book, The Challenge of Missions, a great book by J. J. Oswald Smith. It's a very, very good book. And in the book, it says, how do we know, how do we have a call? He says the call is, first it comes by a burden. From the burden becomes direction because we began to study. And that's how the Lord led us to Argentina. We got a burden for a place. After studying, we begin to have the direction. And from the direction, we get more of the burden. And then God shows us and then God puts us in that place. So with these young men, they, they desire us to get out there and do the work. They got a burden. But as they open the door, they see the Lord do the work. Then they're going to know that that's where God called them and what God's doing in their lives. As we go to wind this down, do you have a story you'd like to share? Maybe a testimony of something that's happened on the field? Probably my favorite thing in all the world is getting to see people really, really change their lives. We've had people come to our church who've been in church for years and years, but probably the biggest thing is when somebody really gets saved or somebody gets saved and they they really get into the Word of God, the way that God changes their lives. Uh, The young man who's now starting the the new work that's going to be a church later He's a, he's a great example. He's been saved only a couple years now, but uh, the Lord's changed his life drastically. He was had, he had serious marriage problems, and actually his wife was going to commit suicide. Uh, his daughters came to our church because uh, we, we passed by in there and got them, and every time we went there, he kind of ignored us. But finally one day, you know, they had so many marriage problems, and I think his wife decided, you know, I'm going to go ahead and go by there, and he come by. Just a couple meetings after he came, he got saved. And when he got saved, he decided to leave his life. And I don't want to go into details to give the devil glory on a lot of things that were happening in his life. And But very serious marriage problems, very serious um, problems in his life with sin and different things. He got saved, and immediately his desires began to change. Uh, from there, he began to grow. He got baptized. He became a church member. From there, he he wasn't married. He had been his wife, who's his wife now. He they had been living. They have a thirteen-year-old daughter, so they've obviously been living together for a long time. But their desires began to change. He got into the. He became a member, and he got into the the Bible college, and he began to study. He's now in his second year of the Bible college. Uh, one more year, he graduates. He just began to grow like crazy, and we had been praying about a different. Uh, area that we wanted to start a Bible study to later start a church, and he come up to me, and it was just the same time that I was praying about this area, and I wanted to talk to him, but I didn't want to push it, and he talked to me, and uh, it was like the Lord was opening the doors, and from there, it just started going over and over, and he's just really, been, he's a real servant. I mean, he's not, everybody wants to talk about leaders, but he's a servant. I mean, he's just God's really using him, and I'm really excited how far he's grown. Now he's preaching, and he's preaching every Wednesday, and the Lord's really using him. I'm, I'm just really excited for what God's doing in his life. Probably the best thing is when we see people get changed for the Lord. That's really, really exciting to us. Do you have a website where people can get more information about you or your ministry? Yeah, you can go on our website, um, reachingall.com, uh, www.reachingall.com, and you could check us out there. We've got some lessons that we've learned on the mission field that we've written there and some different things that deputation helps and different things that I think have been passed to me that were a blessing and that I think that might be a blessing to people who are uh, listening and maybe desirous of serving the Lord. 
That's reachingall.com. I'll have a link to that at the Missionary Talks website if you want to uh, go check that out. All right, Jeff. Well, I appreciate your time. appreciate you uh, taking the opportunity to speak with us. As we close, is there anything anything else you'd like to share? Well, let me just say that uh, God works in different ways with every person. Nobody has the same life, and nobody's going to have the same timing or the same abilities or anything. I used to... I used to really desire, I love to read my biographies, and I used to really want to be like other people. And I think that we can, I think we should look for the strong points in other people. But if we're not careful, we compare ourselves, and 1 Corinthians 2 says that they that compare themselves are not wise. And if we're not careful, then we just frustrate ourselves. But you know what, if we really push on just learning and finding out what the Lord wants for our lives... I believe God's going to guide us in a certain way, and God God has something so special for each individual, maybe in your home church where you're at, to maybe to give more to missions or to take another step forward or to help in your youth department or stand behind your pastor. And you know what? When you're faithful and little, the Bible says in Luke 16, when you're faithful and little, you know, then he'll give you more. They that are faithful and little will be faithful in, in much, and so... Just be faithful where you're at. Be very strong, but be pushing forward with all you have. And if you really think that God wants you to be a missionary, um, or especially in his work, then I would say with all my heart, begin to find out, begin to, to read biographies, or begin to find out different things that are going to uh, that are going to remind you of what missions is, maybe maps, maybe stories, maybe getting in contact with people, things that surround you. When you surround yourself yourself with certain things, it's going to always be on your mind. So I would say, you know, really uh, don't let the Christian life just be something that you do on Wednesdays and on Sundays. The Christian life is something we are every day, and uh, I'm really glad that you listened to this, and I'm really glad that you're interested in serving the Lord. Jump in with all your heart, and God's got something super special for your life. You've been listening to Missionary Talks with David Peach. Please visit us at missionarytalks.com.